Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. And my name is Aaron. 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 <laughs> Start the music! The movie this week is Rotor, a.k.a. Blue Steel, from 1987, directed by Colin Blaine and written by Colin Blaine and Bud Lewis, starring Margaret Trigg, Richard Geswin, and Jane Smith. I'm not writing down anybody else because there were there were a lot of people in this movie. Yeah! Nobody famous. I wish Jane Smith was famous. Yeah. She's freaking cool looking. She looked like freaking uh, Boss from Metal Gear Solid 3. I was expecting her to like break people's backs in the ring or something. Yeah, she, <laughs> she she's intense, dude. Match up against that super buff guy. Yeah, Sarah's already done an art, artist rendition. To, yeah. I'm trying to do a rendition of her right now. That's not quite feminine enough. This one's a little bit more long hair like at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. After she got wet. Somebody thought that was the most beautiful woman and was like, let me tell you, we're going to showcase what real beauty is. She was a specimen. I mean, you don't normally see women like that. I mean, she wouldn't exactly call this a starring role since she only came in the last 20 minutes of the movie, but is in front and center. Like, this is one of your heroes. And, uh, you know, she wasn't treated as a sexual being or anything like that. That's that's one thing you can say about this movie, other than the... Uh, <laughs> Sonia? <laughs> other than that uh, robot hitting on the ladies and uh, that guy who said he was Indian hitting on the ladies. Oh, or yeah. Or he said he was un-Indian, not oh, yeah, Indian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I see where you're coming from there. A little bit of sexual harassment. Well, there was some commentary there about ladies in the workplace. <laughs> hey, give me those seven numbers. Your digits. Comments on ladies at the workplace. Oh, just, okay, okay. So in the beginning of the movie, uh, he's on the phone with uh, our, our main our main character in this movie. Yeah. He's, he's on the phone with his girlfriend. That would be uh, Cold Iron. His special yeah. lady. Yeah, Cold Iron. He's Sharp on the Cold Iron. <laughs> yeah, he's on a special he's on the phone with a special, special lady friend. Lady. Yeah. 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 But like the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. she makes some joke about how like like uh can I quit now or something? Mm-hmm. But then he's like oh, gosh, I, the lines are just they're Go to work and I'll cook the steaks tonight. That's what it was. Mm. That's what it was. Oh, I mean yeah, I'm just saying, there's some later. commentary on the 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 the, the gender roles in uh, in in the work certainly, in the workplace. Certainly, yes, and also later in the uh, marriage talk between the the couple and the car. Yeah, about uh, marriage is a heathen tradition, uh, virginal sacrifice and such. The wedding is a barbaric ritual. Barbaric, 
You know, that part I kind of felt like there was a moment that was taken from someone's real opinion. Like, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of uh, the, what was that movie called? The Magical Day? Faithful Findings. Faithful yeah, Findings, yeah. Findings. Yes, Mr. Breen. I felt like it was kind of the speech at the end of the fateful findings of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Like that someone's opinion was that that's what it is and that and it, and it also was kind of praising this like ideal relationship that the main character has with his girlfriend which is kind of an undefined oh, thing. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's like they're trying to be contemporary and modern about the whole thing, but you can tell it's still a little bit kept in the it's still a little bit outdated <laughs> let's say that yeah the way they do things in this movie yeah, yeah. joel i want to i want to congratulate you for um picking this movie for us tonight oh, well, thank by you. the way um mm-hmm. i gotta say it made my day like seriously made my day thank so, you thank so you listeners i was originally going to pick Eraserhead because i just felt i felt like having some lynch in my life and then i remember that two weeks ago on a whim i had watched this it's it's on entirely uh, up on youtube for free and um it's it's just uh it's a life-changing movie you know it's about a a cowboy scientist who you know he's got a good life but he he's also a, a kind of a, a captain, a detective. You know, he works for the police, and uh, there's a compromise between what he needs, you know, what he wants in his life, and what makes him happy, and what he feels like his duty to do is. And by compromise, I mean there's a kung fu killer robot that he makes with uh, another doctor, and there's a yeah a rotoscope scene where the robot is flexing and, and doing and. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, I thought you guys would like this movie. It's got I, romantic music. I don't want to say thank you. I want to um, give you a mullet <laughs> and a uh, high kick. And then I want to <laughs> pinch you and hey, slap your arm and yeah. say, why, it's why, good thing I was so why? far away. I could have been damaged. <laughs> So, like, the movie tries to define itself really early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the very beginning, you, you're learning about how society is crumbling. Like, you know, oh, yeah. there's murder. They give you the headlines. Uh, um, yes. All kinds of, like, burglaries, murder, all these, you know, society is crumbling. Kind of, like, headline there. Yeah. And then, and then it leads you into uh, a peaceful farm. Well, we start, we start off. <laughs> Start it's a peaceful you know, farm. cut in media res there. Guy's dragging his girlfriend out of the forest, but she's all bloody. Oh, yeah. And the other people. There's another car conversation that is happening for some reason. And then, yeah, they stop. And he's like, call the police. And then some guy with the gun's like, he shot a motorcycle cop. I saw it happen. Which is not actually what happens. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So maybe he shot another motorcycle cop. <laughs> I don't know. Because what's her name's all bloody too. She didn't get beat up. So how did that happen? I feel like they wanted you to start off the movie being like, "What the heck?" Yeah. And they make you a little bit curious as to what's going on. But I am going to be honest. I didn't see a moment of the beginning, and I didn't realize that that was supposed to be the end. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't line up. But I could tell that they were trying to like 
intrigue you in the beginning. Oh, yeah. So it's supposed to be like over a two-day period, Thursday morning into late Thursday night into Friday morning into the next day Friday, Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the day Friday when the (laughs) sun's going down. You were following this movie way better than I was, Sarah. (laughs) That's for sure. They they keep bringing up the time. They do. They do. Mm. I was kind of avoiding it, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's kind of an infinite loop where the beginning is the end is the beginning is the end. But it doesn't line up very well. <laughs> well yeah. So you're saying it's a real groundhog's day. It's a domino. I feel like there's two different timelines being represented here. Yeah. Maybe a possible... Oh, ter- another Terminator reference, huh? Yeah. yeah. Maybe the, the beginning of the movie, which was supposed to be the end, is a possible different timeline from uh, another thing. Um, you know, I just think it was like Firequake. They just wanted to get our, you know, pique our interest and mm-hmm. throw us into the thing. But, you know, they they could have just started off with him waking up at the farm, and I would have been like, what the hell are we watching? I thought this was about robots. Man, that far. Oh, there's a lot of robots in this movie. Oh, there's at least two. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, the, the, the robot on his desk, too. I'm going to count that one. Oh, that's a toy. No, yeah, that was a robot, yeah, I sir. That. I need that for my life. Yeah, I do too. You got me some mechanical Yoshis. They're not as good as that. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. They're really cool. I was just trying to make your damn so okay, You did. Got a blue one. Yoshi. Green one. And a different color. A pink one. Oh, pink. Yeah. It's awesome. So he wakes up in the morning after a little weird experience he has in the office the night. You don't know exactly where or when you are. But you were in the ending of the movie in the beginning, and then suddenly you're in two days before in the morning at the ranch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got a ranch. This whole thing takes place in Texas, so of course he has a ranch. I mean, right, right. So he wakes up, he has his coffee, goes out to the horse. Best part of the day. Oh, wait, that's it. And that's when we get our first musical interlude, <laughs> when he's having a carrot and a cup of coffee with the horse. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to run smooth like a big old Cadillac. I could run down hearts and never even look back. Past many a warning sign, but I couldn't leave behind your sweet. He's sharing both of them with them. Yep, yeah, yeah. They're good friends. <laughs> no one else on this farm. 
<laughs> yeah, just him and the horse, huh? I'm friends with that horse. Uh, he's not married to that lady we see him with later. So. No, he is a single man. He's a bachelor. He's a bachelor. You know, he just likes things the way he likes them. Mm-hmm. On the ranch, on his own. Takes a lady to a nice steak dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I her a steak later. He didn't. Trust, he didn't trust the restaurant to make a steak. I <laughs> the shrimp was so crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he's just. He's just. He's just a, a, the, the the pinnacle of the modern 1980s man. You know, he just he he knows what he wants, and he's going to do what he can to get it. Right? I mean, yeah. Isn't that what we're experiencing? Where's his yeah. Where's his shaded aviators and doors? And yep. He doesn't give a damn if you want to see his eyes or not. Yep. He's got a little bit of country in him. Yeah. And a little bit of rock. No. No. No, no rock no, and roll. No rock and roll. No. No, this- Science, though. <laughs> Wait, did, did you catch any of the lyrics to that that song? It's, it's a total country song, by the way. This movie starts out with. Or not starts out with. <laughs> well, it feels like it's the first second into the movie, and it probably should have been. There's right. like there's like some some lyrics about hooting and hollering. Uh I thought it said something about the wind and the <laughs> something. I don't know. But it reminded me of that song, Lay Down, Sally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Don't you ever leave. <laughs> that horse's name is Sally, so it makes sense. Yeah. So, like, his, some of his morning tasks are uh, lassoing a tree. Right. And that tree was about to escape, so we lassoed it. Yeah. And then he set up uh, some special explosive majiggies in there because he, he he specifically points out I used to use nitro, but now these these tree trunks are so tough. I got to use some other thing that I can't remember because I didn't write it down. You know, one of those things. Yeah, that is an Eric Clapton song. I was right. Oh, sounding. Oh. He does some bluesy soundings or country sounding songs sometimes. But right. Yeah, I. I felt like his voiceover in the beginning, like, you hear him kind of narrating at first, and that sounded kind of like the Twilight Zone to me, or like, submitted for your approval type, like, yeah, are you afraid of the dark type thing, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then I realized that it's like all ADR, right? Like, yes. Partway through, he's like, it's like stream of consciousness. Sometimes his lips match up to it. Sometimes he's throwing a lasso around a tree trunk. His lips aren't moving, but you're hearing his inner monologue as a voiceover. He's definitely the narrator. Yeah. Of the story. Which is good. We we needed somebody to be able to explain exactly what was going on. It's, it's, It's very complicated. I thought we were going to find out he was a robot at some point. Mm. That was a early suspicion oh, I had. I mean, this, this, you know, he said this robot has his brain. I guess was, the brain patterns were, pra- you know, after his personal thing. Although I don't. He did that. He did not discuss that in the demo meeting when they were, they, when, they, when they turned the camera on. Right. Yeah. Well, at 4.50 p.m. on Tuesday, they <laughs> scanned his brain. And put oh, this morning is I got a brain kidding. scan. I missed that scene. I'm really glad you got those minutes down, Sarah. I was able to do a... 
Yeah. What do you call that? What did the robot the re- the robot could recall stuff that had happened when he wasn't there? Uh, That's wasn't right. Much, yeah. He had to take his sunglasses off though. Yeah. And then everything went in reverse, like the the Polarity. colors. It was yeah. a polarized image. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then he could see it just just like the sorceress, or not the sorceress, just like Evil Lynn in He Man and Masters of the Universe. He could watch a scene that had just happened. I don't want Evil Lynn all up in my. Yeah, she's got those clear blue eyes, like Mm-mm. a faded jeans. Speaking of her, there were some visuals in this that I have to say I thought were really good. I thought it was crisp and clean in the version we were just watching. And what are you talking about? <laughs> kind of reminded me of they live in a couple spots. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. That's why I thought of it because that woman was in that. Right. But yeah. I feel like whoever storyboarded it did a very good job, and that they were able to like replicate the shots. That makes sense because the director, I looked up what other things he had worked on and the only things other than this that he's directed were like a bunch of cartoon episodes, but he has like 87 credits for animation departments. So it seems oh, like yeah, yeah, that totally yeah. makes yeah. sense. That, way. Yeah. that yeah. totally makes sense. I could even see like a sketch of like him and the lady with the mullet getting off of an escalator. <laughs> no, that that took me, that, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly, like yeah. like it feels like a lot of those kind of. I I I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to 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 you know make this a negative, but a lot of filler kind of scenes yeah. like in cartoons when you got like yeah. when you got when you got like Scooby and the rest of the gang kind of doing the long the long extended walk <laughs> moments where they're, where they're all kind of describing totally. things yes, that have occurred yes. in the background, just kind of you know moving behind them. Right, you might have voiceover. Or the the characters just talking to fill a space. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they might just throw in some music, you know. Oh, an entire yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Okay, who? Let's tell the story of this story. Okay. I feel like I could do it like in a succinct like. Go ahead. Five, yeah, like, no, please do. Please do. Let's pick up right after he's on the farm and he receives a phone call. Okay. You mean from his girlfriend or like when no, he's he, leaving he, he, to go in? Like he, he, he receives a phone call to go to work. Like somebody calls him. Okay. Tells him, don't forget there's a meeting or something. I don't know. what. So he gets in his car and drives to work, which is a, a pretty good distance from his ranch. Apparently. And he's a cowboy, but he wears like a sport coat to his office. He's- it's like a Wrangler um, Western style dress coat. He goes upstairs to get introduced to a little robot that works in the lobby. <laughs> then he goes on into his meeting. Okay, let's pause here. <laughs> How do we get introduced to this robot, Aaron? Uh, um, are you talking about... Was he rapping? This was the music that was played. Oh. And the voiceover said, Sometimes I can't tell the difference between the boys and the toys. Oh, that's what it was. And there's the guy. Dancing. Oh, the guy dancing with the mop. Dancing with the robot. With the robot. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The yeah. robot is also doing his little... <laughs> oh, then he does a little hand like... Yeah, like, exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The janitor and the robot are tight. Yeah. It's it's not exactly you know if you wanted to get a dancing robot you want you want C three PO out there doing his his things this this looks like the robot from uh, Rocky Four <laughs> yeah totally 
totally happy birthday, Polly. Yeah, doesn't it's have a, much movement. It's the pinnacle of '80s robot. Yeah, but he's my favorite. This robot is my favorite character in the movie because he is the most human. Anyways, he's he's really weird weird character. He's I think a really he, weird character. A walking HR disaster as he hit on the uh, <laughs> the front desk lady. Hey, give me your digits. Oh man. Yep. Yes. He was uh, hitting on the front desk person. Mm-hmm. So then he has a very important meeting where he needs to demonstrate the robot to um, people. And they play a film reel of what the robot can do. And Aaron, why are you laughing? Let's just say we've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I can't help myself. It was so funny. Okay, so let's let's flash okay. back to two weeks ago. The moment I knew that this movie was going to be good was when we had the whole music video at the farm. Okay. The moment I knew this was a movie I had to show you guys was when we saw this film reel. (laughs) (laughs) That that herky, jerky robot doing things like, and the the commentary that's going on that's like obviously done after the fact, like, oh, so it can do from yoga to Tai Chi, huh? That's right. And martial arts, blah, blah, blah. All this other stuff. It was, hmm, something special. It looked like someone told somebody to make this robot, (laughs) quote-unquote, dance and stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Considering considering that the uh, person who came up with the alloy was Dr. Steel, I wonder if if, uh, if, uh, Dr. (laughs) Dr. Cold Iron was like, uh, just just make it do some moves. Like, well, I guess uh, could do some, yeah, some weightlifting muscle <laughs> muscle flexing moves. I know, I know what that looks like. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right, Joel. That's like perfect. <laughs> yep, yep. It makes <laughs> it makes perfect sense now. Turn over to the side thing. Yep, <laughs> stretch out the arm. <laughs> So the oh alloy the alloy that the robot's made of is of unknown origin and it's a unknown number or something like that right uh, Yeah it's it's of original origin and it's so it's so new that all it's known as is, is by obscure number. number obscure number which I assume is 222 since I'm assuming that's that comes what, up yeah over again 222 two, two. We yeah. we have to assume that Yes yeah, so then he, um, after the meeting, he has a very long phone call with someone who's politically involved. Yep. Um, the directive commander. Whether or not Bugler. they're going to be able to put this into action. The right. robot cops into action. And it's kind of a little bit like Robocop mm. when they want to jump the gun on the timeline of when this is going to be put into active use. Yeah. And uh, they have a very long argument about it. This is a great moment for that guy's like reel, like if he wants to send in to show like his range, because he he just he just kept going. He's hey now you listen to me. You know what they said? They said they wanted sixty days, and I said sixty days. That's impossible. Maybe sixty months. And you know what I said? They said to me 
You know what they called me then? Private citizen. You know why they called me that? Because they can make me a private citizen in 60 seconds. And do you know what 60 plus 12 is? It's 72. And do you know what 72 is? 222. Anyways, I was going to the store, and then three guys came over, and they were like, hey, what's up, dude? And then your ass is gross. That was the moment where I was like, did they write this movie before they started filming it? Maybe they just had storyboards. Exactly. I just like how stone cold faced uh, our our main hero was during this whole conversation too. I don't think he even took his shades off. Like, still had the shades on, you know. Well, he d- he did. Did he, he take him off at, at, for a second? He took him off because he he was just he was just so flabbergasted at what um, he was being told. But then he put yeah. him back on when he said, uh, or the guy said, uh, "Rotor is your problem." And he said, "That's right. It's my problem." And I'm yours. Or, no, yeah, he said, it's not my problem, but I'm yours. These were a couple men having an argument about something really important to our society. One of them was concerned with politics and the demand happening with a very important business relation and then he was talking about the science and the cops and the and it was a very lengthy scene. <laughs> Unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. I said sixty months we'll have a prototype. I mean six plus six is twelve mm-hmm. and one two is one two short of three twos. That's right. Yes. That's true. <laughs> That's true. We got that part. God, these numbers are starting to add up, guys. Yeah. He ends up firing Cold Iron, though. Yes, he fires him. And he is very pissed off about it. And then he calls his girlfriend. And he says, take the rest of the day off. I just quit. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, I'll meet you at the restaurant. I'll meet you at our place in a half hour or whatever, she said. Yeah. I forgot the name of the restaurant myself, too. She it's like Colette's or something. Though, yeah. Crickets. Yeah. Something like yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. Um, crickets. Like, <laughs> it looks like it's at a hotel, though, because she yes. pulls up and park in her car for her and walks down long hallway. And uh, we're, we're hearing we music. We get our second we, musical interlude. What, what, is, what is that song? This is here? a romantic song, Joel. Picture mm-hmm. this. You're at a romantic lunch. Cowboy. I don't want to hear <laughs> <laughs> And you guys are sharing some shrimp. Okay, I'm sharing shrimp with Joel. Got it. Got it. Maybe you could drop the Where music in in post or something. Yeah, I, I think I'll have to get these songs because they're, they're pretty special. It's not like there's dialogue over the songs either. It's just it's pure songs. Music. Mm. 
Yeah. So yeah, you got you got that uh, shrimp cocktail. Yeah, that's right, Joel. Here, you want some? Oh, oh, you guys are so good at reenacting so this. Oh yeah, here you no, can no, have the no, rest. No, no, no. You're, you're supposed to be like no. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. no, no I don't no, actually no. like it. Which I think he didn't like it. That's why they went and got those oh, steaks. That's why they got the steaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So later on, they were going to cook some steaks, mm-hmm. but first, yes, he needed to go. Well, first we go to the back. store. Right, right. There's oh, they went to an store. apartment. He mm-hmm. handed her two steaks in two hands. <laughs> two <laughs> hands. One, one, one steak per hand. Yes. He put those steaks <laughs> on her fists. And then, yeah, he and then said she made a crack back. about there never being a black guy. <laughs> okay. When the when a steak is when they have a steak. Oh right, you're supposed to. You can put it on your eye. Yeah, I guess. As a. I've seen it in movies before. Poultice or it, something. Yeah, it's supposed to take down the swelling. Yeah, I don't know if that's an old wives' tale or. Mm. You just put some some Mrs. Dash on there. It takes down the swelling. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Next, next time you have a swollen anything, miss a dash on. See what happens. It's like a. It's like a, a Greek wedding reference with like the Windex. Yeah. No, I think in, be- in between the scene where they uh, were at the restaurant, and when we see them later at the apartment with their groceries, we go back to the lab where Cold Iron's replacement is. Uh, he's really stressed out. You know, he knows what the deadline is. 60 days, Joel. Yeah, we see that. And then we also see the the janitor. Oh. Talking to a girl and telling her some really gross stuff, including yeah. how the Native Americans used to kill people by using four horses, which I think is a medieval thing, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, it definitely is. <laughs> and I, they could have both done it, you know? I don't know. But... This guy looked like he reminded me of um, Rockwell that did the song with Michael Jackson. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Mm. Um, and he was the most obnoxious character in this movie for me. No, what are you talking about? Yes, yeah, that scene was terrible. That scene was the nail in the coffin on this dude. Agreed. The fact that he wasn't murdered by I, w- I wanted him to die from the robot. I couldn't only assume they thought it would be look like it was racist or something like that. Because he's darker skinned than everyone else. But No. And he's the one who's is responsible for what went wrong. Yeah, that's true. But his character was goofy goofy pants. Oh yeah. And he put his uh headphones on the machine and charged it and that's where it all went wrong. Yeah. Because they gave an electric charge to the robot. That's all it needed. That was the catalyst to and, the full charge. And he awoke the robot so that he could do the dancing we right. saw in yeah. the video that's demonstration. Right. And you guys were both hoping that it would be that robot that came out of that chamber. It, it's like a like the uh, Dragon Ball Z pod that the Saiyans are coming out of, right? Well, right. I got, I got, well, I got to say that you know that this movie led up to us being, being like, you're going to see awesome robot, rotoscope robot, yeah, like more of this. I mean, even the Terminator didn't do that until the very end. You know? They, they yeah, were that's ready true. To do it in the beginning and then not. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's why it was the film reel. It was the film reel that they had that they had made or hired someone to make <laughs> of, like, the character doing that stuff. <laughs> like, uh, this is the only thing we got. <laughs> I... <laughs> I feel like it could have been something completely separate mm-hmm. from this movie. Like, maybe it was just a conversation they were having in a conference room, and then afterwards they put in this video. Yeah. And they're like, wow, I haven't seen anything like this before. We got this footage. We have to put it in <laughs> Look at what my son did for his college <laughs> video project. My nephew Brent. Check out this experimental film he made. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the work of David Lynch. Check this out. Yeah. So after he gets caught up in a real violent mess where um <laughs> Our cop guy. Oh, Dr. Cole. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's going to the gas station. Yep. He sees some stuff going down. And, you know, he's a scientist, but he's also a cop. And, um... <laughs> he can smell trouble. And a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a cowboy, don't forget. Yep. Cowboy, farmer. Scientist. Scientist, cop. Doctor. Millionaire. <laughs> it seems like he's probably he's, rich. He's pretty rich, yeah. Yeah. And Indian Tracker. That oh, comes up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't spoil it. He sees some shady individuals going into the liquor store at the gas station. We know they're shady because the music, right? I think the music told us that, yeah. Okay. And he just thought, you know, his spidey sense was tingling. <laughs> 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 so he told the guy to leave that no. was... He put a he put a gun in a newspaper. As you do. Yeah. Do one of you guys want to talk about this part? I feel like I'm talking too much. No, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean he puts a gun in a newspaper and he's right. After there were four guys. One of them was on the payphone. And uh the other two were in the store and they were robbing it. So the one guy drives off, like you said. The other guy, he beans in the head. That the one that's at the payphone, he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Bam! With the gun in the newspaper, mm-hmm. he's like. And then the other guy slowly he backs out of the store with a hostage. So I guess he was he was going for everything there. Did the other guy inside the store have a gun or something? You don't usually take a hostage unless they had a gun. I know the the robber had a gun. Oh. I'm saying, does the clerk have a gun or something? Oh, I don't know. Like, why bother taking a hostage? We never went inside. We never saw that angle. Yep. I mean, it's Texas. So I assume people have guns. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so. So we think that there's a damsel in distress here that needs his help, the cowboy's help. Yeah. And he thinks he's just got a newspaper, and he goes, I got more than that. Yeah. And it's a gun. Yep, he does. And he's so surprised by this RoboCop gun that he gets shot. Shoots the criminal real good. No problem. Then the other guy comes out and says, hey, what'd you do to this? And then, oh, oh, he starts getting beat up. By who? The hostage. The hostage. They didn't know she was trained in karate, kung fu, jujitsu. Yeah. Yep. 
And she can kick as high as anybody in the world it can. It was pretty good. <laughs> I don't want to oversell it, but... Hmm. She strangled a man with her foot. Yeah. <laughs> I was impressed. I thought it was so awesome. Hey, lady, you want a job? <laughs> then about 17 hours later, the cops show up because he killed a man, so... Well, I- he he has a phone in his car. Oh, yeah, yeah. He could call... The people that needed to come out. I mean, a whole bunch of people could have called. And then he calls his girlfriend just to let her know that he's okay. That's why he's late. Yeah. yeah. But yep. then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, what? But then. I'm, 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 yes. We go back to the lab and we see that the robot has been animated. And it looks like just a regular person. Is his hand going on the glass? That's when he was getting up, yeah, the first time. But now, I think at this point, he's already he's already found his, his leather daddy outfit. Oh. He found his outfit. His helmet and his glasses. He got those glasses on, yeah. Mm-hmm. We get a little, you know, back and forth between the cowboy cop at the scene and the street cop that's talking to him there. Right. You know, kind of, you know, giving each other a hard time about the streets and right. that he doesn't belong there. Go back to your test tubes. Well, yeah, and it's, he's friendly with this guy, which is why uh, Dr. Coldiron decides to go back and resume his thing. Because he the whole reason he was doing it is to keep these people safe, these people that are his friends, these other police officers. So that's why he decides to go back and, and resume his job, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense that it was like a motivating factor towards him mm-hmm. wanting to go back to the force. Yeah, there's a lot of filler in this movie. Like I feel like you could cut this movie down to a, a nice clean sixty minutes or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, a lot of it is but that's conversations. What makes, uh, but that's what I think makes this movie unique. No, I in that sense, part of the reason why I, it's great is because it's like, what's going on? Yeah. No, I agree with you, Aaron. I think that. There's something uniquely charming about the way they go about killing time. And some of the footage is really cool. Oh, yeah. But there were a few spots where you were like, they may have planned for a bigger room for this scene. Yeah. Like at the auto shop in the garage, it felt like they kind of didn't really have enough space to film from any other direction. Yeah. And. In that tight room where he's telling everybody what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where his shirt has been ripped. <laughs> that's a really weirdly blocked scene. I yeah. agree with you. That's the, the interrogation room, you know? Mm-hmm. It's only got one side. One side for interrogation. The other side is, uh, you know, who knows on the other side of the mayor. I assume it was that deputy guy since he makes an appearance at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You're talking to the man in the mirror. No, I am not. Take that back. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, Rotor is free. Um, the, the There's a whole bunch of scenes with the, the goofy police robot and his, uh, his new boss. But it's it's just, like I said, it's filler. But it is, it is really funny because... The, the scientist is like, no, we have to do this. They told me we have to. And the, the robot's like, uh, things are going to go down real bad. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, <laughs> just keeps having a very unsure attitude. But the rotor 
He's up. He's marching. He's on his way out. There's just one person in his way. Yeah. The guy who needs him to sign the paper. And he wants to be, do you want to sign up for the policeman's ball? Yes. It's for the ball. Yes. And this guy was a hell of an actor. That was another moment where I felt like we got, you know, a little backstory <laughs> into this guy's experience and you know, to hear where he's coming from. <laughs> This is where we got punked. Uh. <laughs> you can't just take, you can't just hijack the movie all of a sudden in the middle of it and be like breaking the fourth wall. Hey, let me tell you, this is some bad stuff going on right here. <laughs> Man, I just wanted you to sign this paper, and then the number sixty, and then one twenty two 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 four. <laughs> <laughs> like you snot nosed uh, police academy, whatever. That guy. <laughs> God help us. God, he God. Drops off, <laughs> he drops yeah. the mic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that cop was amazing. But the scene directly after that is is Aaron's favorite scene. Oh, that would be immediately after uh, um, being waylaid about the policeman's ball. Rotor then walks into a room that is fully. Com- Posed of chairs. Full of chairs. But there was kind of like a hallway, like like a, a bit of a walkway between them. Disregards that walkway, mm-hmm. just goes straight through the chairs. Yeah. Straight through them. However, these chairs, uh, they're, they're, they were too heavy, I think, they're, or something. They were hard they're, to walk they're through. They're hard to walk they're through. They're stacked in a such a way. It's not like there's space in between them. They're all stacked like uh, shoulder to shoulder, if you will. And so when he's pushing them, you see he has to he has to push his feet out farther to kick them out of the way first before he makes the way. But he does he does go straight. Oh, it's intimidating though. Yeah. <laughs> what if that was for the policeman's ball? Oh, that's true. Said not the yeah. I think there was supposed to be an award ceremony or something. All those what poor if, deputies that set those chairs up. What <laughs> if that was a scene that was cut? <laughs> the policeman's ball guy comes out. What the hell did you do to my chair? <laughs> <laughs> what if he was getting ready to take his lady friend there? Later? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They they were going to have a teachers' night, and uh, the parents were also going to come around and see all the classrooms. Wait, they were going to do a <gasps> dance for everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> let me run. Let me play this new song I just wrote for you. <laughs> Hideaway. Yeah. So, I feel like there's a moment for the cowboy cop between the uh, shootout at the gas station and before he gets involved in what's going on with the rotor robot cop that's been activated. Right. And I don't know exactly what happens there. No, I'm kind of drawing a blank on it. He just... Oh, are we talking about the scene where he, um... Where he finds out that Rotor was activated? No, like, in between... In between between, leaving the scene. Yeah, leaving the the gas station where where Mm. he stopped the crime. And when he goes to the office where Mm. he sees that Rotor's been activated. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, we don't know. Did he go back to the ranch? Is that where he answers the phone? Or is it at his girlfriend's apartment? I'm not sure. He definitely, yeah, he definitely talks to some 
He talks to somebody on the phone. He talks to Detective uh, Fruit Guy. <laughs> Robot Mellon. Man. De- Detective Raspberry. Detective uh, Mango. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Officer Mango. Detective Mango. Why did Detective I forget about Mango. Detective Mango? Because he's not actually a character. He's a voice on the phone. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Detective Mango, do you have some news for me? Uh, yeah, we got reports. But this doesn't see in between there. We have to see where Rotor actually begins his reign of terror. That's another, uh, the mango moment is another thing that makes me wonder if they wrote this ahead of time or not. Like, <laughs> detective. Call him uh, Detective uh, Mango. mango. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lieutenant uh, Paper Towels. <laughs> yeah, so then we get, we get a moment <laughs> where um, we see a random couple sitting in a car. They're on their way to a wedding shower. And the guy is getting into an argument with his fiance about whether or not she should work after they get married because that's embarrassing for a man. And they also get into a conversation about whether or not they should be getting married because a wedding ceremony is an outdated tradition, in this guy's opinion. I mean, this movie is what, 1988, 87? Mm-hmm. Pretty, sure, pretty sure, like, ladies were in the workforce, like... You know, going pretty strong by that point, right? Uh, like, uh, no, no. I mean, based on what we saw in this movie, come on. All right, all right, Joe. All right, <laughs> I bend, I bend to your superior '80s knowledge. As the, as the, uh, as her fiance says in the car, she's not ever worked before. She's only gone to school. I mean, yeah. can't get a job studying and uh, going to classes and going to frat parties. What are you gonna do? Oh. Her her response is she's supposed to just end her life before it even starts. And, you know, not to get all in on it, but no, no, a no. lot of women did that. Yep. A lot, a lot of women did that. A lot of women were expected to do that. And, of course, it's fulfilling to have a child and raise it. And some people really, that's where their heart is and that's the joy of their life is raising children. But, yeah. This movie, it's silly to <laughs> to say something that makes any sense in a movie that makes no sense. There's a lot going on yeah, in this movie, they Sarah. They tackle a lot of things. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah. And they try to get uh, philosophical pretty often about yeah. stuff, about the nature of humanity and, right. and the uh, technological advances and how they're going to be affecting us. Can we ever really create anything? And if we can, must we destroy it? You know, these are ideas. This must be how Dr. Frankenstein felt. It was a real person that I, I know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I read a book about oh, him. Oh, jeez. Yeah, must be real. <laughs> must be real. <laughs> I read an autobiography. <laughs> 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 it's like you might as well call his boat Titanic. He's talking about Dr. Frankenstein and his, you know, <laughs> supreme awesome robot. And Titanic was a real boat. That doesn't make no, sense. No, but I'm just saying <laughs> the doom of it all. He kind of doomed his own project. Uh-huh. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Frankenstein went on to go, you know, he'd become in that I Frankenstein movie. So, he's, you know, the legacy continues. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what do you think of her outfit in this movie? The uh, female protagonist whose name is Sony. Oh, Sony, Sony the one that's having the argument with her fiance. Yes. Um, Sony's her nickname, Joel. Oh, what's her real name? Sonia. Sonia. Your favorite character from Mortal Kombat. What? I've never even heard of that game. By the way, we're starting our Mortal Kombat podcast pretty soon. Uh, Sweet. Her outfit was a very large batwing sweater from the 80s that was red. Bright red. Yep. And she was wearing a elegant white t-shirt under that, but also a jumpsuit over the white t-shirt that was like the kind you used to wear to aerobics. I don't know if they were stirrup pants if they went under her foot, but it was an all-in-one kind of overalls-looking thing, right? but made from, like, black cotton. Yeah, the bottom was tucked into her pants, whatever it was. Or not her pants, the bottom was tucked into her socks. I yeah, thought that maybe... Her blue-striped tube socks. I thought that maybe they were LA Gear shoes or Reeboks or um, something. Something nice, mm-hmm. you know. Not too fancy, but they work. They work for every almost every situation, including running away from a homicidal robot. They're what you want to wear to your bridal shower. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Ready to go. Rotor, will you come to my bridal shower? <laughs> so I will uh, catch the bouquet. I mean this this argument between them in the car gets gets pretty heated, you know, and so he starts speeding. He's he's going crazy. I mean, we don't actually see how fast he's going, but he's going fast enough that they catch the attention of Rotor. The, the robot cop. Mm-hmm. Rotor doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? His name? If you say Rotor, <laughs> I don't think of the robot cop. You think of a Rotor? Can, can, yeah. Can you tell me what Rotor stands for, Joel? It stands for... Or could Sarah, could you tell me? Robot uh, uh, that, that that stands for O. Uh, <laughs> Richard, ro- robot O. Robot O. <laughs> robot O. O. What is it? It's it's uh, robotic operations tactical officer. It, first it says project and then later it says something else. It says like Yeah, it's pretty bad. Penis or right. <laughs> Wait, it's rotor. It's an R. Yeah, there's no P at the end. It's not rotope. <laughs> oh, okay. It was. It was like. Oh, it was research. That was research. research. Was robot, robotic officer, officer tactical, tactical operations, operations research. research, and then later the R was something else, possibly penis. It's not research anymore. No. There, there's no research going into this. There no. was research before he got out. Somebody yeah. changed it right after he was released. Yeah, there was there was a scene that was actually cut from the movie where the guy was scraping that thing off the door so he could write the, the new word. Oh, you could tell that Skynet was already a thing because they had created a sentient, a sentient robot mm-hmm. uh, computer system that. Could make its own choices. Yep. yep. He tried to reason with it, but it could think for itself. Well, yeah, it got. It wasn't at the point of reasoning yet. He, yeah. he knew that was a future input they could put into Rotor, and uh, 
At this point, Rotor only has the prime directive, which is that if you make a contact with a planet that isn't advanced enough, <laughs> or make it, you can't make contact with a planet Planets, that's yeah. not advanced enough. Yeah, correct. Okay. Because then you, you like would change the course of their... An anthropology their- that you can observe, but you can't introduce new things into the environment because that could have a cataclysmic effect on a society that hasn't had any foreign things introduced into it. Right. Boom! Man. When are you, going to, when, friend, when are you going to Starfleet? My best friend is an anthropologist. <laughs> I'm just saying, can I, can I be a, a crew member on your ship? Yes. Sarah? Well, my best Ensign, friend Ensign Cornelius? <laughs> Ensign Cornelius. Ensign. Put on this red shirt. We're going downstairs. Going down to the planet. Hi, Captain. <laughs> Which one of you guys is going to be the number two? <laughs> I mean, I smell like a number two. Is it? Hey! Uh-oh. Joel's the, Joel's the, Joel's the Riker here. You, didn't, you need to call me number two. Captain Roberts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Engage. <laughs> now the actual prime directive is is judge, jury, executioner, something, oh. something like that. No, right? that's Judge Dre. No, but that's what. The, oh, um, oh, the prime directive of of Rotor. Yes, of Rotor. Uh, well, I I believe that Rotar. our the Rotar. <laughs> yeah, he's a dinosaur. No, I believe <laughs> I believe I believe the scientist uh, had been messing around with his programming, but it was very lethal. Lethal programming that he had... Uh, it was shoot first, ask questions later. later. Yeah. So when... But when that was before he had over, skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Before his brain was fully developed. Yeah. He's, he's like a Muppet baby. He doesn't know yet. He lives <laughs> in the land of imagination. With uh, references to back to oh, God. other movies from the 80s. Muppet babies. Rotor baby. <laughs> make your dreams come true. When your room looks kind of weird. Okay, sir. Uh, <laughs> anyways, he pulls these, this couple over and he, boom, shoots the fiance in the head. That's the that's all she wrote for him. I mean, guy, I was going to say Judge, Jury, and Executioner is a song by Adams for Peace. Nice. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they stole it from Judge Dredd. <laughs> or maybe it's Radiohead, I'm I mean, not it's sure. It's, yeah. it's Tommy York, whatever it is. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, this guy gets shot in the head, and her reaction is to immediately start honking the horn, which oh my gosh, it affects Rodor. It's a fatal flaw in this design. I I don't know how that. I don't know. I, was it just because the robot didn't have ears, and then when it finally got the fleshy parts on, like it just it just couldn't handle the sensory overload. I mean, we never see under the helmet. I think that he has enormous ears, and that's that's what the oh. issue. Is. His circuits couldn't process the sound it's of like it, a horn. <laughs> it's like a regular head, and then just two giant holes first. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying now. I see what you're saying. You're right. The helmet never comes off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. It's like the cod piece. It never comes off. I gotta say though, Rotor had a cool look. Uh, you like that mustache? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Standing in the, the the silhouette of him next to his motorcycle, it's pretty cool. A lot of people, when he gets to a certain point in the movie, kind of treat him as like you're a cop. You don't got anything, you know, going on here. Like he, he just looked like a regular cop to me. Yeah, red handlebar mustache. Like you're not intimidating yeah. me, kind of dude. I think that guy like how Evil T one thousand just looked like a regular cop. What? Robert Patrick? 
That guy's got a scary face, Sarah. I know, but I feel like it's because of he was evil T-1000. Scarily. He, he was in Bill and Ted's as well. Mm-hmm. Robert Patrick was yeah. in Bill and Ted? Yeah. Or maybe it was part two. What are you even talking about? Or is that Wayne's World part two? Oh, I'm thinking Wayne's World. Sorry. He, oh, he was in Wayne's World Part One. Oh, is, is it that part the one? one? Uh, yeah, when before Wayne Alice is trying Cooper? to go get yeah, trying to catch up with Cassandra. And, yeah, that's Sorry. what it was. Sorry, and shows them pictures. Says, "Have you seen this boy?" <laughs> Sorry, tangent. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was going off too, but um, the movie this week is Wayne's World. Uh, party on, <laughs> Rotor. Yeah, she discovers this, like, I mean, that's a serious manufacturing flaw. Oh, I would say so. It, it's, it's not just car horns. I mean, she uses car horns several times to, to make him stop his evil progression towards her. But there's a point where somebody turns on the just the radio. The radio. Just turns on some music, and he's like, arr, arr, you know, like... Where where's the level here? Because he's fine riding on a motorcycle. Motorcycle sound is fine. Yeah, maybe, maybe this. Uh, there's no explanation, of course, but I feel that this is just one of the things that could have been worked out. But because that one dude said his like stereo, you know, on the equipment, you know, he just didn't have fully developed ears or something, oh, you know. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah, he was listening to recordings of music. And car horns. Yep. And that's that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All the things that could have gone wrong. Sound is seems like a big deal. So the cop she she drives off, yeah. which is a smart idea. Mm-hmm. She's not sure she did the right thing. She stops. And she drives away again because he tries to get her again. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> she stops at a uh, gas station first or a restaurant. I'm not sure at the order. She, she stop. She's got it was a like a diner. I thought she's it was got, a drink. Yeah. So then it's like she's Sarah Connor, and the machine is after her. Yeah. And she stops at a at a payphone, calls the cops, That's tells right. them. Yeah. Then she gets back in her car, goes to a restaurant, and he comes in. The- <laughs> <laughs> and when he comes in there, there's these dudes. Oh, which, chips. by the way, everybody is like, oh, you're a cop? Like, acting mm. all stupid towards cops. Like, not everybody in the world picks a fight with a cop the minute you see them, even if you are in Texas. Well, this is the middle of nowhere, Texas, and it's like four in the morning, and this is what happens, okay? You walk into my, you walk into my diner, <laughs> oh, me and my boys just got off work, we're going to tie one on. But what if you were a bodybuilder, and you could just rip your muscle tank top off? I mean, you didn't even rip it. <laughs> I don't know if it had like little snap buttons. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a dancer, like a stripper. <laughs> now it's time he to mess with the real man. Yeah, he's all take the suspenders off, unsnap, and then just unsnap <laughs> the bands of his shirt. Got ready for that old bear hug. He got bear hugged himself. Man, yeah that that r- robot took him down, and then he walked on it. Another good part for that scene is when the he first he takes out that first guy and then the second guy kind of goes into this kung fu pose which he mimics, which is 
Oh yeah, huh? <laughs> uh, he's supposed to know karate. That's right, martial arts. But this is the only sign we get of that. Yeah, that was one of my problems too. It's a little unconvincing for me <laughs> that either he was one of just, them knew how to do that. He just wasn't as limber as the robot that we saw at the beginning of this yeah, movie. Yeah. What movie were we talking about where I was saying that it looked like the guys were in a fighting pose? It looked like they, they had to poop their pants or something like that. It was Beady Wheat Straw. Oh, yeah, yeah. He kept, <laughs> kept doing the pose. <laughs> and the underwear <laughs> fight. The underwear fight. <laughs> was it? Huh. Wheat Straw. I feel like Aaron was there when we were talking about it. Wait, wait, wait. The one where they were fighting, but they needed to bend down? Like, he was bending in such a weird way. Is that, that Three Ninjas? Like, no. No. I, okay, anyways. <laughs> At this point, Dr. Coldiron has returned to the lab, discovered that the uh, single computer that's actually on in the place is, is showing that rotor has been activated. And uh, he gets on the horn. He's already talked to Detective Mango, who's uh, a very high priority officer mm-hmm. who's well informed. Yep. Sony has already called and said that she's heading in this direction. So after uh, he rescues her from the uh, from Rotor at the the truck stop restaurant place, he gets he gets his butt handed to him. But luckily, he's got this Deus Ex Machina. In a little dongle key device type thing. Like, I don't know. We don't know what it is. Mm. He just, like, lifts it up. And Rotor kind of looks at it and stops. And then he gets distracted and, like, uh, goes after the girl again. Why he didn't... The doctor... Why did why Cold Iron didn't do anything? I don't know. Mm. Iron Cold, what's his name? He momentarily, the robot was momentarily distracted by it, like maybe he remembered having the key used on him before or something, but he wasn't, it seemed like he was almost going to be hypnotized by the key for a second, and then he was just like, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Was weird, but he gets a couple of shots off, and uh, that's when, right after this happens, he gets on the CB radio, and luckily Sony also has a CB radio in her car. As was the style in the eighties? No. Everybody had a Everyone CB had a radio, CB. right? Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast, haven't we? My mom and dad had license, or my dad had a license for a little bit. I, I didn't have a CB radio. My dad always had CB radios in his trucks, and you could talk to people. You could talk to people. Yeah. You could shout them out. I don't. I don't want to do that in real life. I don't know why. I'm, ju- I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, man. This movie, in this movie, uh, multiple people had car car phones. Yes. Like, yep. communication was pretty good. Yeah, it was. When he couldn't use his phone to talk to her, he got on the CB, and he knew that the car she was in probably had one, too. And they were able to communicate on a plan to meet up. Which one? The Giver. The Giver. Oh, his arms like- oh yeah. That's right. He looked like he was going to poop his pants. That's right. I like that movie. <laughs> I know. Just saying. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So the they communicate on a plan that he's going to meet her up by his ranch, I think, is where he tells her to go. Mm. No, a campground it, someplace, someplace else in the middle of nowhere. 
He said a fishing lake and this one particular fishing lake that he's going to meet her at. Right. So she's going to keep driving from whatever time it is that night till 4 p.m. the next day and keep the motorcycle cop that's a robot after her the whole time. Now, he's able to, you know, take a nap, take a breather, (laughs) leave a message for the other scientist person. Dr. Steele, who invented the mystery alloy. Right. Right. Um, We haven't seen, we've only heard her mentioned at this point, but when we see him leaving the message on her answer phone, answer machine. Answer machine. uh, (laughs) She walks in the door, drops her bags, and we see this specimen of a woman. <laughs> Somebody that I feel like probably got cast as a lot of Russians. This person was obviously a bodybuilder and mm-hmm. cool, whatever. But it almost feels like they were choosing specific women for certain things in the movie. Like, uh, see. It's a friend of theirs. Somebody's friend. I like. feel like it might have been somebody's wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel like it was supposed to be like, wow, he meets this lady for a nice date, and then he meets this other scientist who's a different kind of woman, but also very enchanting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I got that too. I got that too. She's got the same haircut as Dixie, the lady I used to work with at the Fillmore Town Theater back in the day. You you probably remember. No. Curly mullets. This was a this Uh, was like a mullet (laughs) mohawk perm. Yeah, it had streaks of white in it, like uh, like she was trying out for the part of Rogue before they gave it to Anna Paquin. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, she's, she's kind of a... She was an intense figure. I mean, like, like I said, this is maybe 25, 20 minutes left in the movie, and this, this character gets introduced. I feel like this powerhouse should have been there. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about that. But they met up, they had a long conversation in the car. Yep. Mm-hmm. They ride an escalator together. Yeah. She goes up to her hotel room, changes into a Jean-Claude Van Damme outfit. Yes. 100% Jean-Claude Van Damme outfit. Exactly. Have you you seen that that video where Jean-Claude Van Damme dances? Yes. That's what he's wearing. It's exactly that outfit. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. She doesn't (laughs) dance, unfortunately. Nobody dances in this movie. The robot does. The I robot mean, and the janitor. Oh, oh, yes, you're right. Okay, I forgot about that part that you forgot about. <laughs> we didn't talk about that robot. You're Anyways, right. He's a real you're cool right. guy. He has a name, and I can't remember. I didn't write it down. No, no, no. I feel like the robot was dancing in the film reel. Oh. Oh. oh that, it was flexing. He was doing kung fu. He was like... He did show us a lot of poses yeah, in, that, of in that film reel. Yeah, well... I was impressed by the technology. Like, you can pose in breakdancing, too. I know. What? And in the robot. They did do that in Atomic Blonde. Yeah, it was some posing while people were breakdancing. So. Oh, my God. So, after she changes, he takes her on another road trip up to the... Uh, Lake where he told this woman to lead the robot. Right. Uh, there is a scene in between where the robot goes to recharge and fix his motorcycle, where uh, <laughs> the radio is too loud and the mechanic 
uh, just kind of collapses. <laughs> uh, he's he's supposed to be like lying down to go work underneath the car, but if you're watching him, it just looks like he just he goes just fell. Like he just fell. I feel like there were like trampolines just out of the shot of the camera everywhere he was. Like. Yeah. Fall down the side of the car onto a bouncy pillow. Fall down the tires onto a trampoline. <laughs> Use the trampoline to jump onto a moving <laughs> truck. I don't know. Yeah, he was just, just have rubber in his bouncing. Yeah. 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 Rotor uses the car battery to give himself a boost, which is enough to drive this this mechanic out of his gourd, and he starts running off. Well, feet don't fail me now. Woo-hoo. Like, yeah, you literally. get a little comment from him, too. Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and some of it feels like it was A.D. Darden after the fact. Like that. Some of it. <laughs> that one feels like, oh, he jumps in there and he doesn't say anything? Like, uh, oh, he's got to say something there. It could have just been him yelling, but they decided to add it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I myself am thankful for that dialogue. <laughs> it was your favorite part of the movie. I, I, I laughed pretty hard. Yeah, we rewound that one and watched <laughs> it again. <laughs> it was too good. There, that was like a Buster Keaton moment. Yep. Oh my something. god! Yeah, they could have just done, switched to piano playing. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> there were some Buster Keaton esque moments in there. <laughs> yeah. They used all the tricks, yeah. Yeah. You might, you know, this would be a good sh- uh, <laughs> show, I was going to say. This would be a good movie to play in film class to be like, okay, here's the technique and obviously story- storyboarding here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, music video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this uh, shows you all, this is show and don't tell, you know. We're seeing Stop them go, motion. go to dinner here, even though, you know, we, we realize they've got a close relationship. We gotta run the away. Yeah, you, you know where to put the songs in. Yeah. But Rotor Rotor does catch up to our lady friend after the two scientists get on the road to track him down. And uh there's there's a very thrilling chase when they're up by uh, Lake Pyru. <laughs> and uh the car the motorcycle is is chasing right after the car. And the car is, you know, going as fast she's driving as fast as it can, Sony. This is that's driving. And then she she suddenly swerves, you know, runs off the road. Oh my gosh. And the motorcycle just goes off a cliff, and for one moment... We see him fly, you know, it's an ungraceful moment for him Mm. when he's thrown from his motorcycle. It is. And flails his appendages. Glorious. (laughs) It's so good. Like, did they... Did they fling him from something for the shot? <laughs> I think they must have. Because he just, yeah, he just comes from the bottom of the screen. He's not like he's not swinging his arms like stuntmen do. He's kind of holding them still, like out, like in a star formation. Like he's flying. Yeah, maybe it was another trampoline thing. Oh like yeah, they put the camera down on the ground, and he was on a trampoline, and he went whoa. Well, he yeah, he almost goes from the the bottom to the top though. <laughs> it's like he like literally like went over the thing or something. From the top of the ocean to the bottom of the sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Walk down the ocean. Yeah. It's it's just a one another 
one of many scenes in this movie where you're just you're like, like, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is just so good. Despite all the filler in this movie, you could say that there is 100% like, what? I, I, I want to know what's going on here. What What is going on? Oh, that just happened. You know? I feel like this guy sits around talking a lot. I mean, the cowboy character. Cold Iron. Yeah. Well, he he's got a lot to say. He gets into a couple little scraps, but yeah. I mean, when you think about it, he fights at the liquor store a little bit, and then he fights a little bit with the robot. Yeah, but yeah. Well, he's not—he's not a badass. He just—he's uh, a scientist. He's. He, maybe he's a really good farmer. I'm not sure. <laughs> he can he can use a lasso. Yeah. I have a controversial opinion about this movie. All right. But I'm going to wait until after we're done with the synopsis before I... Okay. Yeah, we're almost I, done. Yeah. So, at this point, the <laughs> bodybuilder doctor and the cowboy doctor... <laughs> Have met up at the lake. With the clown doctor. With, <laughs> with YMCA. <laughs> the rest of the troop. And yeah. the village people. The, definitely the village people. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> and the girl is scared. She's really run out of options. She's. Getting attacked by the robot, and suddenly they're there in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. And then a pretty awkward fight goes down <laughs> between the robot and the bodybuilder. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Steele's ready. She's going to be, she's supposed to hold him in place or something like that while. Well, the key gets used. Yeah, you know, or cold iron figure something out. I don't that know. That was the plan. Yeah. He was the brains, she was the brawn. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I think that was discussed on the on the, 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 the car ride over. Her face should be on the brawny paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> brains, brawn, and the other lady was the bait. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 The three Bs. The BGs. The Better Business Bureau. <laughs> she was the better, he was the business, she was the bureau. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. She was also a BBW. She was a woman. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> big bodybuilder big woman. Body- <laughs> I look at her a BBW. Big <laughs> Ladies. Oh my god. Everything you need. Yeah, I mean, there's a tussle. There's a tussle. She's actually holding her own. That's funny because the other muscle dude that we're talking about it was ripping off his tank top, didn't stand a chance. But Doctor Steele, I think she's she's using some strategies, strategize. She's she's strategizing. She's strategoing. She's stratego. Mm-hmm. She's Tetris. Mm-hmm. She's Jenga. Yep. Backgammon. Oh, nice, nice. But yeah, while the rest of them went around. Cold, cold steel. I want to say cold brew. Cold brew <laughs> gets uh, Sony into his car for safety, and we see blue do- steel. We see blue steel. No, Doctor Steel <laughs> rip open part of Rotor's chest in in the horror movie moment where 
his skin gets ripped apart and there's like a green gooey looking liquid that comes out and changes the color. And then she immediately faints. So we can figure out if it was because he squeezed it, her to death. Yeah, or, or there was exposure to this stuff because there was a part in the car where he says specifically, like, don't do that. Oh. And she does do that. She's like, hey, watch this. And she does it. Yeah. yeah. She thought it was, you know, do or die situation. Uh-huh. They're in fisticuffs and yeah. they, you got to do what you got to do. Turns out he will be invincible. <laughs> So then, from a moment that they recalled that neither of the characters were a part of earlier in the movie, when the when the janitor was cleaning and telling her about the Native American people, we learned <laughs> that you can pull the man apart by la- by la- roping him and tying him to horses. Four of them. Yes, and sl- and slap the horses and get them to pull a body apart. Cuatro caballos. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And the they use the Jeep and three other things that we are, we don't know about. It's Off even, screen. It almost seems like he, he lassoed them with the same piece of rope with four ends and tied them around like a tree or something like that. I don't know. Perhaps and a series of the, pulleys. I feel like one was on his head. I yeah, feel like there were five. He like broke it. He broke yeah. the one on his head. But then they start the car and we think we're going to see a really gross <clears> like <throat> rip, apart. rip apart body moment, but then it just completely explodes. Because that was the rope that he used to blow up the tree. Oh. It detonated. Yeah. Yeah, explosive rope. So he he blew that that boy up with his boo boo. Explosive rope. Yep. Yeah, that's what he used to blow up that uh, tree stump. That's the during seat. during his uh, two his uh, music video. Explosive rope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he talks about not using nitro anymore because he's got this special explosive. Rope. I don't know. And they should be working with that explosive rope. <laughs> yeah, the pollution solves problems. I know. <laughs> you got a ticket, sir. <laughs> yes. So then, very quickly, we're back at the beginning of the movie. He's in the interrogation room with some people. He's laying it out for them what happened. He tells them he's got a beautiful woman. He's got a nice house. <laughs> Got a big farm. He's got a, he's got a farm. horse. He's re- he's ready to go home. At least one horse. His shirt's all torn up, but he's still gonna make his way back to wherever he needs to get that evening and have a rest. Mm-hmm. So he starts walking outside, and then what happens, guys? A twist. A twist you never would have seen coming. It's directive commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shoots him it's in the bugler, back. who we only mentioned once uh, when he was making phone calls earlier. The politician that was on the phone with him, telling him how much he hated him earlier. Yes, decides to assassinate him when he he's just, on his way to his car. He just shoots him twice in the back with a rifle and says, "Calls it a day." Yep. Cash on delivery. Yep. Cod. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Justice <laughs> served. That's what Cod. That's what it means for me. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get introduced to a new character who is <laughs> Dr. Cold Iron's nephew. This is the most ridiculous Brent. moment. 
and a letter that's saying, Dear Brent Coldiron. We had to rewind this because we didn't believe it. We didn't catch everything. Your uncle died and he left you all his stuff, including his journals with all the secrets and stuff in it. So, uh, you know, do whatever you want. Anyways, bye. Signed, the guy who shot him. Except for I didn't write that. And then we hear a voiceover from this new character. <laughs> says... My uncle's journals were full of information. Also, he was a bazillionaire, and I got that money. But he didn't... In my opinion, his his robot program has left out one of the most important things that a real cop brings to the force, being human. Mercy. And we see the rotor robot. Skeleton. And then we see it with the skin of Dr. Steel on it. And on the screen it says, Rotor 2. And I guess, I guess that's the end. I mean, that's... That's how the movie ends. I don't know what... That's all you need to know. That's it. I guess... No explanation there. Nope. All right. And we were all like, what the... Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? Like, it was just so nonsensical, that ending... We had to watch it twice, mm-hmm. and then we had to rewind it and watch a couple other scenes yeah. too. <laughs> you guys were asking me like, "Well, what what is what just happened?" I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I immediately went like, "Joel, Joel, I what happened?" Answers. Yep, it doesn't have an explanation. Like, even if you watch it again, no, no, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we just got a new character and <laughs> Rotor Two. I thought maybe they're trying to imply that like uh, the nephew was going to like. Head the rotor uh, because he was a brilliant, brilliant going to school kid. He was in Cambridge. He wore penny loafers. <laughs> he. I think that was what they were. Maybe that's what the deputy director of the police was hoping. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, maybe his nephew will come in and fill the role to fix this rotor but odor, you know, thingy. I think so. So you, what were you going to say that you? Were oh, wait. oh yeah. Um, I feel. In my honest opinion, that Doctor Coldiron oh, yeah. could have completed Rodor in the sixty-day period. Yeah, I think. I so, think too. so. I'm just going to put that out there because but, because we'll think about it. Think about how effective how effective was it? I mean, it, it was malfunctioned, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, it was killing people. Like it was. It was. Uh, I agree. I think he could have completed in sixty days. His priorities were in his woman and his farm. I mean, that's, you know, mm. this is just a job to him. Yeah. He might have been able to say that if the other guy had given him a chance to talk. I don't know. Maybe he could have said, well, it's not really possible, but I might <laughs> be able to do it if you're nice to me. Yeah, I, I felt there was definitely a lot of information there <laughs> that was being thrown at Dr. Coldiron. <laughs> Or cowboy cold iron <laughs> that was like n- not necessary for him to get the job done. Like I don't think he needed needed to know yeah, how Sheriff Woody how 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 crazy things were for the directive commander or whatever. I mean, even his replacement even says at one point. I mean, we don't really have to do the the full programming. We just got to get it to to you know dance around a little bit, and there, boom, investors are satisfied. Yep, it's like yeah, he could have done that, and I think. When he was after the uh, situation at the gas station that he, you know, took care of, mm-hmm. 
I think that is what he was going to do. He was going to go back and finish in 60 days. Okay. He thought he could or something okay. like that. Fair enough. But he didn't get a chance. Well, because that's screwed up. Yep. By that. The idiots. Everyone else at that place apparently is an idiot, except for him. Yeah. Like, why would you stab him with so many morons? Anyone? Anyone? I didn't think that one security guard was at a line that was like, hey, you got to work on your shooting. Yeah. No. I don't, I don't think no. he's being out of line. I mean, he was just... He Cold just, Iron was he pretty just pissed about the it. wrong but, moment. Yeah. You yeah. know, talk to him about, you know, something that he feels like is a waste of his time anyways. Mm. You have to admit, he was a pretty good shot. He got that motorcycle a couple of times. He did. He did. He shot that motorcycle pretty good. So, I think we should wrap it up. We've been going for a long time. But before we do, I want two things for me. One, sure. who's your favorite character from this movie? And two, on a 10-star scale, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, what do you rate this movie? Honest opinions? It's okay. Sarah, please go first. My favorite character? Your favorite character from Rotor. A.K.A. Blue Steel. A.K.A. Blue Steel. My favorite character was his lady friend that we only saw for a little bit. The one that he had the romance going with? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, she seemed like a nice person who wasn't really trying to be, you know, too... She wasn't trying to steal the spotlight from anybody else in her few moments she was there she seemed pleasant and supportive and nice i think maybe i related to her character the most out of all the characters yeah that she just wanted to have a nice lunch with somebody and try to cheer them up since they got fired from their job yeah she got honest heart yeah and she you know invited people over to her apartment to have some steaks. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> she them and make the salad. I wonder if she was eating those steaks while her boyfriend was she dying. She ate both those steaks. Yeah, that's why she was asleep on that couch. She those are pretty big steaks. Oh, it must have been from her apartment because he leaves that note for her. Yeah. yeah In okay. Comic Sans. We need to watch it about six more times to get get the full nuances. So how many stars? Um, In terms of it being good? Yes. No, in terms of how much you liked it. <laughs> Watchability, enjoyment. Uh, I'd give it like a six because it was very entertaining. There were some slow moments and I did have some problems, but there were some really cool cinematography things that they did and just the sheer audacity of some of it I was uh, entertained by. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and the the main character with all of his going ons, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, Aaron, who's your favorite character? It's a um, two way tie. Two way tie. Yeah. Um, contestant number one is um, uh, the goober at the um, at the restaurant <laughs> with the suspenders. <laughs> Super, um, super buff dude. The buff, super dude, buff dude, at dude at the restaurant. Yeah. At the restaurant. Yes. Uh, contestant number two yeah. is OMG, I got a bail into the back of this pickup truck. 
the mechanic. Oh, the mechanic. Goober the mechanic. Totally, totally. These two goobers. They're big fans uh, of the, the big characters. They, so. uh, they ignited the fire in my heart, Joel. Yeah. They really stole the show. I yeah. mean, yeah. there were those. Who, who was the goob with the teeth? Too? Oh, that was, the, that that was, was the, the fry guy. cook. Yeah, fry cook. The fry the cook. He had face on the grill. He had some pretty massive Her. prosthetic buck teeth there. It looked like they were coming out of his head. Okay, yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't want to let that let that not be in the recording. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Important stuff. All right. Um, IMDb rates this movie as a two point eight star film. I, on the other hand, took that score, put it in the mirror. I'm giving it eight point two stars. Uh, um, the reason why I'm giving it such a high rating is because I feel this is a movie I could watch again. They enjoy yeah. it. There's just way too much crazy nonsense going on. <laughs> you gotta just um, put this on for Kempo and not ha- explaining yeah, it. I, I, I'm trying to figure out like how, how, I'm, how I'm gonna get away get with this. Play. Yeah, I'm tired of a chair. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the other reason why I give it such a high score rating is because the soundtrack the music. is just. To die for it is mm-hmm. amazing. Where do we go from? Here? I'm not, and I'm not just talking about like the 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 musical tracks, no, no, like no. the score the itself, score. the drum machines they yeah. have going on, the synth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sets up all these scenes perfectly. Um, I'm a really big fan of uh, retro wave, which is like uh, all the kids nowadays are are having fun with synths and drum machines, and uh, uh, I really dig the scene altogether. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this movie heavily inspired a lot of these kids. Yeah. Um, uh, because usually a lot of the album art involves mysteriously shadowed figures next to motorcycles yeah. and things like that, <laughs> totally. which is like totally from this movie. Yeah. And that's why I give it an 8.2 is because awesome action, ridiculous movie, awesome goobers. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So we already know who my favorite character is. It's the it's the other cop robot. Who, oh, he's amazing. I mean, you know, he like we said, he looks like the robot from Rocky Four. His head is, he's got a red light and a blue light, like, uh, half circles on top of each other. And when he talks, every time he talks, he, you know, he's got a, he's got a normal, regular person. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, doctor. Uh, but while he's talking, he also, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 in the background because he's a robot, obviously. And he's got those red and blue lights flashing yeah. in his head. Yeah, and he's got like a regular gun on his holster. And a regular he's hat. Go. He's got a hat. Oh, yeah. He's got, well, that's how you know he's a police officer. He's You're right. You're right. Obviously. Yeah. Now, my score is based on the letterbox scale, which uh, I have very particular things. I actually only gave this a four out of ten. That's fine. But I gave it a heart, which is something you do when you like a movie. And for me, that means this is like a special movie, you know, like there are movies that I thought were an eight Mm -hmm. out of ten that I didn't give a heart to because it's like, oh, that was a really well done, very good movie. Not not sure if I'm going to remember everything about it. This movie is like it's seaweed has wrapped my brain and, and I'm, you know, it's keeping those juices fresh. You liked this movie more than I did. Well, I like this movie more than everyone on the planet. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I just, it just, I just thought it was really special, and I, I just wanted to share it with you guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. thank you. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying four, I'm going to change my score to four. Oh no, no, please, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. When I'm you not gave it changing a six my score. Well, watchability. Yeah, I well, mean, I was contri- I was contributing 
the experience of what you're calling the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's incredibly watchable and it, it like you just keep, you follow all the way through. You can't help it. You know, I also watched Abraxas Guardian of the Universe the same day. And that is, a, that is a pretty crappy, funny. Do like, you feel this movie overshadowed that one? Yes. Perhaps. It, it definitely uh... did. Yeah. Cause I don't remember a lot of the things that happened in Abraxas cause it's, there's a lot of voiceover narration. That's got the Jesse Ventura, right? Yes. Yeah. It is. We'll have to do it for the podcast okay, too because cool. it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty special. I only had a couple of other notes. Sure. I said um Dallas meets Buckaroo Bonsai meets Terminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really wanted them to have the Buckaroo Bonsai marching moment at the end. Everybody that was in it. <laughs> Um, Dr. Cop Scientist Rancher, uh, the Wranglers and the Wrangler Sport Jacket, and a lot of cool 80s wear. A mm. lot of, a lot of, uh, oversized sweaters, mm. a lot of, uh, cool, cool, uh, things that women wore in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good snapshot, especially hairdo wise. The hair was all big. Yeah. Yes. Whether it was straight or curly, short, long, it man was or big. woman. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Poor <laughs> Dynasty. Perm got ruined when she went to the lake water. I know. Yeah, that sucks. She got to go back. That could, that cost money. Yeah. So I'm going to read the outro stuff, you guys. You've been good sports. I'm going to read these real quick. If you stick around, we're going to talk about lessons we actually learned from this movie. Real quick. If you have any suggestions or comments, write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. You can also follow us on Twitter at Outer Space Pod. And if you could leave us a written or star rating on iTunes, we really appreciate that. If you have any extra dollars you want to toss our way, uh, $1 a month is all you need to make us smile and read your name on the podcast as a, and a personal thank. Go to patreon.com slash ear trumpet to help us out. If you can, eartrumpetaudio.com is where our network is with all our other shows. Thanks, David DeRoy, for our podcast theme song and outro. And thanks, Spencer, for being such an awesome fan. And thanks to our other really good fans. We love everybody that's listening to the show. And uh, Jed for the logo. Thank you, Jed. We really appreciate it. Aaron, what's your lesson? Um, my lesson is is that I'm going to get a phone installed in my car. Because uh, it looks like I could probably solve a lot of problems if I had a phone in my car and a CB. That's how you know it was the future. If they didn't have a CB, they at least they had a phone. Yeah. 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 Like I had some good money. Just going to say... Seems like it solves a lot of problems. Yep. Sarah, did you learn anything? <laughs> mm, so much. <laughs> <laughs> I I have another one, Sarah. Go ahead. Um, my other what I learned is it's okay to be a woman in the workforce. Oh yeah, totally. Just wanted to make sure. You didn't learn that from this movie. What are you, what are you talking about? Dr. Steel, man.
He was the bad guy. She was tough. The only guy who said anything about that was the bad guy. Oh, that's right. There were strong women in the yeah, in the workforce. That's right. Yeah. I learned that uh, sometimes a man is a rancher <laughs> who enjoys having a cup of coffee with his horse. And he's also an inventor of robots and explosive rope. Hmm. The best part of waking up is coffee and carrots in your cup. (laughs) Sharing your coffee with your horse and blowing up trees. (laughs) 5 a.m. coffee and tree stumps with the horses. Yeah, 10 a.m. meeting. I'm just picturing them. business merger. I'm picturing one of those boxes with the handles on top. Yeah. And the horse is the one pushing the handle down. And Joel is like, gotta know when to hold them, when to fold them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of emphasis on time in this movie. And uh, in the very beginning, there's no payoff on that, Joel. The alarm goes off at 5 a.m. And then we, we switch, or no, we see the clock turn to 5 a.m. And we hear a rooster crow. Oh yeah! And then it switches to a shot, and uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Cold Ice Cold Brew <laughs> turns off his alarm clock at four fifty. So he jumps back in time ten minutes. But they never talk about time travel. So I don't know. I think there's two different timelines going on in this movie. Yeah, something something like that. Uh, the lesson that I learned is that. The comedy relief in every movie from now on should be a wisecracking robot because it it's just so charming. It is. Mm-hmm. Also, women are very strong. And if a super buff man can't take out a robot, I guarantee a super buff woman can. You could almost say that this movie is a, a feminist movie. It's a, a movie with beautiful horses. Horses. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.